Welcome to Espresso Shot. I'm Sarah. Uh, I am the director here at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center. I have no idea how many years I've been in the industry at this point. I feel like they're all blurred together. Uh, just been doing this a while. That's about all about me. <laughs> and I'm TJ. Uh, I'm an event manager here at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center. Um, I've been event managing for three and a half years. Don't know. Something bro. like that. Um, but have been in the event industry for a long time. Espresso Shot is a podcast about the staff, faculty, and students of the Bush School of Government and Public Service. The recordings take place in our studio here at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center, the Allen Building, or the comfort of the guest's office. Each episode, we will inform you of the individual's unique qualities, contributions they bring to the college, their work and or experience throughout their time here. Welcome. Welcome to Espresso Shots. Today, we are joined by Professor Andrew Morris, two S's, uh, who received if his- If you're documenting our yes. dialogue. Um, who received his AB from Princeton University, his JD and Master of Public Affairs from the University of Texas at Austin, his PhD in economics from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and his Master of Educational Psychology from Texas A&M University. His primary areas of research are international financial centers, regulation of business, and the environment, and empirical legal studies. For more on his bio, check the link below. That's a lot of schooling. Yeah, I actually had a, we, one of my questions was Longhorn and an Aggie. How does that work? Well, uh, so I wanted an Aggie ring. And the only way to get an Aggie ring is to get a degree. Uh, and then after 27 years of teaching, I thought maybe I should find out how to do it. And so I got an education degree and discovered, wow, there's a lot of stuff here that I should apologize to my students from the earlier 20 years that I wasn't doing uh, that, that's useful. So I had a, I actually had a great experience, great time. I had some great uh, professors here and learned a lot. Yeah, this, that would be. And the other yeah, thing I is mean, that my, my wife's family has a ranch in uh, Junction, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I keep saying, how many degrees do I have to get to prove I don't want to do ranch work? <laughs> and so the answer is always one more. <laughs> um, that's fair. That's fair. I um, I get suckered into the ranch stuff. Yeah, you're never going to. Yeah. Not. <laughs> So it's a never ending. It's um, a cycle. Yeah. It's a cycle. We'll just call it. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> That's smart. You're like, oh, they, they try to start getting you back into it. And you're like, oh, uh, I, I got to go back to school. Yeah, like, yeah. I like that. My nights and weekends aren't free anymore. <laughs> keep keep I uh, keep accumulating them. So I'm going to have to keep that in mind when I decide to try and get my master's. That way I can start using excuses. Oh, I'm unavailable so, to go visit family. Oh, I can't go do this. And there's a there's a master's in creativity in the College of Education, which had I known that if you know people, uh, you can ask to have the GRE waived for it. I would have done that because I took a bunch of the classes for that. And those are really fun and really interesting. Um, so you might look into that degree and just you just email and say, hey, you know, I I feel like that falls in line with my bachelor's yeah it, it, it the, those classes were amazing i learned so much from that i'll have to look at that see this is exactly yeah. why we do this podcast yeah i know nothing clearly about this so campus. professor joyce jentoon you should uh okay. get her 
in here to not to obviously not talk about the Bush School, but to talk about creativity, <laughs> yeah. which people at the Bush School are interested in. Yeah. Are you so writing you'll, you'll down, Sarah? Okay, yeah. <laughs> write this down, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Noted. Yeah. Don't have to worry about a portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so what is your position within the Bush School? So I'm a professor here at the Bush School. I'm also a professor at the law school. And I was previously the dean of the law school, the first dean after AM acquired the law school. And then I was uh, I moved to the main campus to be vice president for entrepreneurship and economic development and dean of a, a multidisciplinary effort that President Young had. And uh, I finished up with that. I just like College Station, so I wanted to stay here. So I decided to emphasize my Bush School side. Uh, All right. How do you make that jump? Um, well, I my one of my degrees from the other place was uh, from the LBJ School, and my undergraduate degree was from the Woodrow Wilson School. And so, you know, adding another presidential school to the mix <laughs> seemed uh, appropriate. I'm seeing uh, a pattern here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and I think, you know, if I had to pick my favorite president among those three, President Bush would easily win. Uh, so you just saying that. No, Woodrow <laughs> Wilson was a, a very bad man. Yeah, and, uh, that's fair. And LBJ was um, a complex figure, shall we say. I like that. I, like I feel that. like he should be teaching for PLS. <laughs> yeah. LBJ? Well, just in general, because the presidential uh, leaders, yeah, scholars. the scholars, yeah, the Bush Foundation has that, of yeah. the conjunction with all four of them, um, Clinton, 43, 41, and LBJ. Right. And I feel like those are things that they probably don't talk no, about. No. <laughs> well, so the, the judge I clerked for after law school, um, I spent a year working for a federal judge in Dallas who'd been one of LBJ's aides. And so we heard lots of LBJ stories. Believe it. Um, and the judge had the great name of Barefoot Sanders, which is, uh, awesome. yeah, he had been, he'd gotten, he, he, he was a student body president at UT in part because of the name and in part because his mother baked thousands of cookies in the shape of a foot uh, that were distributed as part of his campaign. That's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like something you would do. That's commitment. Yeah. I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> or I'd pay somebody to, to <laughs> yeah. make that. Now I just want to make foot cookies and see what they turn out to look like. Be bad, Gary. Yeah. Well, you're a professor. So what what is your area of ex I know we listed off a lot and I had to Google some of it because I wasn't So uh, I taught this past semester I taught a a course with a colleague from the law school where we had law students and Bush students in the same class on transnational law, and we hope to repeat that. Uh, I'm teaching the statistics course in the fall because I had many statistics courses in my career and I didn't like any of them. So I thought maybe this is where I can do better. Um, and then I'm going to teach a administrative law for people who want to work for the government uh, class in the spring. And then I'm also working on for next year, a class on um, judicial policy making. So areas where courts have driven public policy. So abortion, which is clearly on everyone's mind right now, but that's an area where the, the courts have played a really huge role in how public policy develops. And that's different from when legislatures do it and or, or governors or presidents do it. And yeah. so thinking about that, something that uh, Laurie Taylor asked me to uh, develop. And as soon as she asked me, I thought, well, I don't know why I didn't think of that before, because this is a really interesting idea. And yeah. I don't know anyone who does it. Um, School desegregation is another one. Uh, prison reform, a lot of that's been driven by the courts, but also changes in liability rules. 
Uh, so, hey, those are like areas. Like, I mean, not that I would think about on day to day, but obviously areas of concern. But I wouldn't think of like, well, how does that happen? Like you just like it happens. Yeah. Somebody says something, and then wheels start turning, and then boom, it's finished. But lots of those Clearly things are, are <laughs> lots of those things are actually the result of uh, people deliberately choosing to use the courts to drive policy mm -hmm. because they aren't having success at the legislative mm -hmm. level. And we can also think about whether or not it's more successful if you sort of go top down through the courts or bottom up through grassroots political action. So there's a, a melding my interests. So I, the International Financial Center part, um, this is how places like the Cayman Islands operate and in the world economy. And so when I was uh, teaching in Cleveland at Case Western Reserve one March, it was snowing and a colleague who taught international tax and I were looking out the window and we said, we need to teach in the Caribbean. And so we figured Cayman was the place to go. And I've taken students there many times. I hope to do that as a special course for the Bush School as well. It's a really interesting jurisdiction, lots of interesting stuff happening there. But outside of their financial role, one of the hot issues in the Caribbean in a number of jurisdictions, but particularly in Cayman, is uh, the legalization of same-sex marriage. And the local population was not enthusiastic about this. It's still an overseas territory for Great Britain. And Britain said, you will legalize same-sex relationships because that's part of our commitment to human rights. And the commanding government failed to get a bill through so the governor, who's a British appointee, put it through on his own. And there's lawsuits about this going up to the uh, Privy Council, which is the final court of appeal in London. It's very complex and, and uh, a really interesting case study of how change happens despite perhaps local political things. And it sparked conversations and came in about, well, do we really still want to be associated with Britain if they're going to overrule us when we make decisions? Right. Um, and, and that's actually happening in lots of uh, the non-independent Caribbean uh, uh, jurisdictions. So the Dutch still have some islands in, in Cayman and or in, in the Caribbean. And the Dutch said, right, uh, if you're going to be Dutch, you're going to have same-sex marriage, abortion, and euthanasia. And the island said, well, we don't really want those things, uh, but we'd like to remain affiliated with the Netherlands. But we, nope, you're Dutch. That's what it means. Yeah. Um, here you go. So there's, again, conflict mm -hmm. between the local populations over over uh, that. So anyway, it's a fascinating yeah. area. And you and it doesn't on. hurt that these places have lovely beaches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, that's why you There's a part of the world there. to study. You know, there's, yeah. there's really cold places and, and yeah. there's places with beaches. I question that with, like, Leslie, too. Leslie Rule, like, really going to these places? Well, she tends <laughs> to go to places like the Congo, which, mm. you know, is like. But it's beautiful. Yeah, but it's also a place where, like, that's where you read about terrible diseases yeah, well, coming yeah, from. Yeah. It's like, you know, so she, she's very brave. I, I admire she's Leslie. Like, uh, Costa Rica. For, she's got yeah, Costa Rica, yeah. Right more, on. more. Well, like giant spiders and stuff. And that's. I mean, we have giant mosquitoes. We do. And flying cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that was a real shock when I first went to Texas. Like, my God, they can attack. Yes, yes. they can. Maybe, and they do yeah. it intentionally, and it's terrible. So do the squirrels. <laughs> The squirrels. The squirrels are mean. Maybe the pecans. They're fine. Yeah, they throw them at you. Well, Have you're you not, had you're a You're supposed to crack their pecan for them, and you know. Yeah, when roll. I was in college, we used to walk across the quad, and in the trees, they would sit up there. You could watch them do it. 
That's funny. They w- they're smart. That is word, Alabama. No, in no. Sakin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Are you from Alabama? No, I went to school there for a couple of years before I moved. Yeah, back. I used to teach at the University of Alabama. Okay, I was at Troy, but yeah, it's beautiful up there. I didn't see that many squirrels. <laughs> No, this was so a you. My in-laws come up to the porch and they eat out of your hand and they name them. Yeah. No, I, my trainer has pet squirrels that come up to the porch yeah. and will yeah. interrupt our sessions to go out and give the squirrels nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it's, so it's just you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're south to get you. you. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, because Paxton pet one last week and that was weird. Oh. He jumped in the golf cart and Paxton just pet his tail. He just sat there and let him and I was like, he's my four-year-old. Yeah. I took pictures. I was like, this is amazing. Because they're connected on that like crazy energy level. <laughs> so <laughs> probably. So to redirect. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> How long have you been at the Bush School? Well, so that's a, a so full time. Uh, this is my second year, but I've been affiliated with the Bush School since I came to Texas A&M. So eight years okay. in that sense. It's not bad. It's a good little full time. Two years. Yeah. I mean, he started during the pandemic yeah, the pandemic. Right, so that was, yeah that's fun yeah the pandemic was, yeah um, we uh special time we'll just pretend like it didn't happen <laughs> that's yeah. how history repeats itself oh. that's sort of i mean i know it happened but we don't want to harp on it right so <laughs> was your main draw to the bush school that it was another presidential school that you would be at no, I mean, I think most of what my interests are uh, academically is in how public policy evolves. And this is the perfect place to talk about that. There's lots of people that want to talk about it. So it's, you know, a great community of shared interests. Yeah. Is there any um, discussions on taking some of these new th- courses that you're trying to develop or research um, to the teaching site? To in the DC? In DC, um, not yet, but I mean that's certainly possible. Yeah. Um, I wonder how far they're going to expand that camp, or excuse me, teaching site. I keep calling it right. campus, and I get in trouble for that. Um, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah. Right? So, a great resource. Yeah. I'm just curious. It's growing very fast. It is. Yeah. I like our campus better. We have trees. Oh, I thought you said I like their campus better. No, I like, like our campus better. We can't say campus. It's a teaching site. It is a, a it site. is a it is a fabulous location for DC. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right in the middle of everything, right? Yep. Yep. So, what's your favorite part about your position? I think you know the students are. Uh, I, I, they're just <laughs> no, no, they're remarkable. We have really interesting students who have had interesting lives often before they come here, and then they're going on to do interesting things, and they're very engaged. I think they're. It's a it's a very high level. Um, experience a teacher, right? You've got people who really want to learn stuff. And so that's, that's rewarding, right? Instead of looking at a face of people who are like, I'm here because I have to be. Mm-hmm. No, maybe I'll have that in statistics, but, you know, <laughs> try to jolly them out of that. Yeah. Maybe some humor will get you through statistics. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, and I think it's now there's, it's much easier. There's, there are many more resources that are um, much more interesting and, and, Focusing on applying things mm-hmm. and and teaching people to be um, good consumers of statistical information. So most people coming out of Bush School programs are not going to go on themselves to be statistical and analysts, but they're going to go on to have to deal with analysts feeding them information. They have to know when, well, there's, hey, I've got some questions about this, or I can put, I can rely on these numbers. And so, 
uh, one of the uh, books we're going to read in my class is uh, a terrific book by some data scientists called Calling Bullshit. And it's on uh, how to tell when people are giving you crap. Uh, and, read, and, read that book. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Like, Should make a note? <laughs> you writing it down. Yeah, but she's writing it down. I love stenographer. Yeah. So we had a former student worker and she really enjoyed her statistics class, but she was like really good at it. So it's, it's, a, it's a marketable skill. Yeah. So uh, one of um, I had a research assistant who was a Bush student and uh, his uh, immersion and learning uh, coding in R got him a fabulous job with uh, Total, the French energy company. And um, he's, he's being extremely well paid. And he said, you know, he's he's discovered that he's like this, the programming God there, which is a little scary given that he's, like, <laughs> I'm, you know, two years out of school and I had two courses. Uh, uh, but but he's very diligent and applied yeah. himself and really mastered this and, and mastering new skills. And, and uh, it turns out that's highly desirable. So I think it's a it's a. A good, a really important skill for our graduates to have. Right. And so if we, we just have to figure out how to do it right. That's, yeah. Not to suggest that anyone's not doing it right so far. <laughs> so yeah, what day and time is this and what room is it in? Um, it's on <laughs> Thursday afternoons. I don't know which room because they're talking about moving it because we might need a bigger room. Um, That's a good so, sign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think people sign up for the required courses based on the time of day probably. Yeah. But Thursdays. Four hours, yeah. So is this the area that you always thought you wanted to be on? Like law and stats and economics and like, is that like? Um, I didn't set out to be an academic. I set out to be a lawyer, um, but largely because I argued with my parents a lot and they said, you're going to grow up to be a lawyer. So it never occurred to me that I wasn't going to grow up to be a lawyer. So I did grow up to be a lawyer and I thought, I don't really like being a lawyer. Um, and I wanted to understand more. And so as I went back to get a PhD in economics and then uh, started teaching. And so once I got on that yeah. path, then I thought, well, this is a natural thing, mixing these disciplines mm -hmm. to try to understand how things work. And that's the great thing about being a professor is you're sort of constantly learning new stuff. Yeah. You should be, right? Yeah. You should be. Well, I, I think that's yeah. true of the faculty here. Yeah. So it's, it's the constant, um, opportunity to, to apply tools that you've mastered to a new area and figure it out. And so the international finance is a good example. I've gotten to go to some really interesting places, meet some really interesting people. And it's an area that you only really learn about by actually talking to people, right? So there's some stuff written down, but mostly you have to go and ask questions and figure it out. And so over the course of, you know, two decades now, I've figured out a bunch of stuff and, and that's led to opportunities to participate in conferences or, uh, and articles I've written, um, and it's, yeah, I was, I was reading a couple of the, the IFC review articles and definitely had to double into, uh, YouTube. I was like, please dumb this down for me. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and so you mean captive I insurance learned. didn't grab you as the most fascinating possible <laughs> thing or insurance link securities. Well, or... first I was like, what are IFCs? Like, what yeah. is that? <laughs> So I definitely had to um, find a couple of YouTube videos explaining like, this is what they are and this is how they function. And this is what they do. And this is why people like them. And this is why people don't like them. Yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're amazing stories. I mean, so Cayman is a good example. In 1960, it was uh, the, infested with mosquitoes. 
uh, such that if you put your, apparently if you put your hand on a screen door, there would be a black hand on the other side of, of mosquitoes trying to get at your hand and cows would suffocate on mm -hmm. mosquitoes. And it was seen as a, a, you know, dusk, everybody had to be inside because the mosquitoes were out. Yeah. Um, and there were no lawyers. So to some people, this would sound like paradise. Um, and most of the men left to be uh, merchant marine ship sailors with the on US ships. They had an agreement with the United States to do that. Oh, and the women made thatched rope on the beach and they fished for turtles. Um, so there's not a lot going on. By 1980, it had passed Britain in GDP per capita. So that's a remarkable development story. And they did it by essentially because the administrator in 1960 was this sort of British representative said, well, we really need to kill the mosquitoes so we can get a tourism industry going. So we need some money to hire someone to kill the mosquitoes. So why don't we try banking? The Bahamas seems to be doing okay with that. And so they sort of started, they hired some lawyers from the UK to write statutes for them. And they started a business and I got lucky enough to meet some of the people that actually did that stuff. Uh, so a, a man has now passed away, but uh, William Walker, a fascinating guy who'd ended up in Cayman. He grew up in Guyana, then he moved to Canada and he picked Cayman to start a, a law firm in because Canada was too cold. And uh, he said, you know, I had enough money to last five years. And in the fourth year, we got stuff going, but he, he'd just go to conferences. And if, he, if I couldn't get a speaking slot, I'd ask questions about Cayman from the floor and build up and gradually uh, things took off. And now, uh, for example, Harvard has its uh, medical malpractice captive insurance company is there and there's an annual conference with 1500 people discussing medical malpractice insurance issues. And it's become a main means that large hospital systems use to, to, to manage their risks. And so it went from nothing to this place that actually is quite important for how people in the US get healthcare. Um, and I think that's a really interesting story. Really? Uh, All because of the mosquito. Yeah. And, and getting rid of them. About. Yeah. And now Mr. Walker always said, you know, these commandians, they're wimps, the Guyanese mosquitoes, they could drain you. Uh, so <laughs> they don't know what a mosquito is. <laughs> Apparently they were bad enough. I, if, if cattle are suffocating on them, yeah, yeah. I actually found an interview in the Cayman Archives of a uh, with a, a judge who said he'd been out and he was fishing and he kind of for lost track of time. Realized that he's not going to get home before the mosquitoes come, and he's hitchhiking home, and a car stops and it's somebody he had sentenced uh, to jail previously, <laughs> and the guy said, "Even you don't deserve to be left out in this," and gave him a ride. Mm -hmm. Kindness matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's going to end terribly, <laughs> right? Just left yeah, it could have, could have gone. Left him. Yeah. Now the, 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 the these you know small societies. Uh, so the, uh, if you didn't like someone, there was a plant called cow itch, and people would rub it on uh, your car hand, door handle so that you would get this itchy stuff on you. Like like poison, poison ivy. ivy that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. That's, that's mean. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. Mean. All right. Is there anything you'd like to share for anyone considering the Bush School, whether it's faculty, staff, or students? 
Well, I think for, for faculty, right, joining a community of, of people who are uh, interdisciplinary, right? So we have people who know lots of different things here. And so that's very different than being in a, in a traditional uh, doctrinal academic department, right? So you're, you're around colleagues who have multiple skills. And I think that makes for more interesting conversations um, and, and opens more doors than, than it would if you were just in, a say, an economics department. Um, and I think from students' point of view, you've got access to this really rich group that actually balances nicely academic expertise and, and practical experience so that it's pretty unusual to find that in higher education, right? Mm -hmm. So that it's a real opportunity to both learn the nuts and bolts of how things really work and also get some of the exposure to the ideas behind that. And those two things are really connected. And if you can't put those together, you're not going to be very successful. So I think it's a it's a if your goal is to move into public policy, this seems like one of the best places to do that. That's right. It is. <laughs> I know I say it every time, but I, that is my favorite thing about the Bush School is the fact that the majority of the faculty have had practical experience yes. and it's it brings a whole different perspective on things besides just teaching out of a textbook that they can read on their own. I wish I had more of that experience when I was in college. I would have learned a lot more. So there's always more degrees. Yes, there is always more degrees. And I'm not sure I'll follow your path with like five of them. <laughs> Depends how much ranch work you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I tell them all the time, you know, if they ever just want to get a little bit of exercise, they can come build fence with me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, the best thing about building fence is hearing somebody else do it. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. relaxing. Yeah. You should start doing TikToks for that. I saw one of a girl who was complaining about her husband and father-in-law and how they were arguing so much when they were building a fence. And she was just sitting there recording them, shaking her head. I mean, I would, I would just have, I would have to put a GoPro on my father-in-law. Like it's, I know I'm just saying you could yeah. just start recording them. I bet it's entertaining. It's really not. It's not. It's terrible. Well, yeah. I mean, it's terrible for you because all the dudes argue, <laughs> but I mean like other people. Yeah. Like how quick does it end up in an argument? Two minutes in, three minutes in. I mean, if that, like the ride there. <laughs> no. Good morning, son. Good morning, father. I hate you. Let's not go do this. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Is that a children's book that you're writing? Yeah, no. 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 Like good night, yeah. moon. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that is what that sounded like. No. Well, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you. You've done a lot. Well, yes, you have. Yeah, I well, appreciate. And all the kind of we didn't we didn't read off the whole whole bio, but we will link to it. All of the countries, yes, yeah. and the well, places that you've been. Gotten to go lots of neat places. Yeah. I'm telling you how many lacking. how many passport books have you had? Several. Yeah. And extra pages. Oh yeah, they do. But now they don't. You, know, you don't get stamps anymore. Really, they don't, everything's electronic now. It's oh. really disappointing because you don't get the you know the experience of having it stamped. Yeah. Well, they should have like a visitor center that does that all as like a courtesy yeah. thing. Yeah, or just you know have can, it if you want it. Yeah. So why even have a paper passport if everything's electronic? That's a good question. <laughs> There are many things that can be done better in international <laughs> travel. But it's getting better. I mean, the last time I went to the UK uh, this past spring, um, you just scanned your passport. You didn't have to talk to a person at you know, a little gate open. Oh, yeah, because they have, in. like, the facial recognition yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a little spooky. <laughs> yeah. Actually, even to get on the plane, it's yeah. facial recognition. Yeah. Which is alarming because I never, like, you know, 
signed up for that. And so yeah. it just walk up and the, the screen scans you and like go on a board. Like throw them off, like wear a wig, grow a beard. <laughs> so what happens when all of a sudden all the technology dies for the day and you can't use all that stuff to get on the plane? So um, British Airways has had several times where their computer system sort of melted down and so it just shuts down. And so the last time, fortunately, I was not flying on British Airways, but the airport was packed in London and it's all people stuck there. And I was headed to the airport hotel because they had an early flight the next day and, and the bus was packed and there were people in the lobby because they're trying to get rooms because their flights were canceled. They just canceled the entire schedule for half the day because their computer system stopped. I'm thinking, you know, did you some turn it on, turn it back on? You know, yeah. Back on. I mean, what, what how does that it? work? You know, yeah. I mean, what, what, do, what do you do when your the entire airline reservation system collapses and you, and People, you know, they can't get the flight plans or something like that. So wow. it's a it's a mess. Yeah. Well, the only time whenever the computer system would go down at the hotel that I worked at in Oregon, we had to do everything by hand, like tug, and they would bust out this giant scroll of oh. a calendar, and you'd have to go in and like well, log. Some, but at least you could still function. Stuff, you know? I mean, yeah. you didn't say everybody out of the hotel because yeah. the computer's yeah. down. Yeah. I was on a plane coming back from Ithaca, New York, and we got on the plane and it went on to the taxiway and you could see a big storm coming and all these other planes took off and we didn't take off. And then they said, well, we have to go back to the terminal and then lightning hit the terminal. And so it turned out they said that they lost the flight plan and we were, no one could figure out what that meant. Like did they have the window open and it blew out. I mean, what, what does that mean? So it turns out we had waited so long that the computer system would flush the flight plan. If you didn't take off in a certain amount of time, they had to re-put it in, but then the lightning hit and they could. So we had to wait till the next day. And so, and the next flight was at like 5 a.m. the next day. So we all, everyone's cranky about this. So we, and they didn't pay for our hotels or anything like that. So we all get back at 5 a.m. And of course, there's no food in the Ithaca airport at 5 a.m. Oh, there might not be at any time. Very small airport. And so we get back on the plane and we fly to another city to pick up people who were stranded there. And we park the plane. It's, it's a little plane. It's right by the airport. We can see that there's food in the airport. And so we asked the stewardess, can we go grab some food there? And she's like, no. And then the pilot gets on with a bag of donuts. <gasps> Not for us. Right. And it's like, you have got to be kidding. Right. <laughs> And 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 it, oh so people God. are really complaining. And and uh, uh, pilot says you're lucky there's a plane at all. Mm -hmm. They're very expensive. And it's like I don't think that's my problem. Exactly. And like then, I, I paid for a ticket that was probably pretty expensive. Well, and it's just know? like that's your business, right? Yeah. You, you, and and then the person said, "Well, you're 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 really lucky because you know 100 years ago it would have taken you days to get to Newark." And this other person said, I don't want to go to Newark. You're making me go to Newark so I can get to where I want to go. You know, but but it's it's not my goal to get to Newark, right? I mean, you don't seem to understand the the so I got home and I wrote a like a five-page letter with all the stuff and sent it to Continental. And I got I did get a call from someone who said, Well, you know, we I've never gotten a letter like that. I said, Well, that's good because if you got too many letters like this, your airline Concerning, is in trouble. Yeah. So, well, you know, we want to give you a $200 voucher. It's like, I don't ever want to fly on your airline again. So that doesn't do me any good. You have a voucher you for know. another airline. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I will pay more to fly on a different airline in the future. So, well, I want, when you tell the story, be sure to say that, I said, you know, if you, if you treated us differently, I would tell people that you dealt with a, a bad situation and you've, 
handle it well, but I, now I'll tell people what an awful airline you are. She said, well, be sure to tell them that we gave you the voucher. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll mention the voucher. But, you know, you didn't pay for my hotel. You didn't, you know, the yeah. pilot ate donuts but didn't give us any. I mean, how hard would it have been to buy anything? a bag of donuts and hand it out on the plane? You know, or just let somebody go get donuts. Okay. See, I'm still exercised about it 20 years later. Yeah. Continental, you know, is now a part of United, so. I don't blame you. That's pretty messed up. Yeah. Indecent. Where's human decency? People are rude. They are rude. Very rude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, on that cheerful note. Yes. yes. Well, thank okay. you yes, so thank much you. for joining yes. us and chatting with us today. Yeah. It was very nice well, to meet you. Good to yeah. meet you. I can say that I learned something new today. Yes. So I can basically go home now. <laughs> I, I often think that should be the role, right? Yeah, you, if you learn you something new, new, then you're done. Yeah. It should be, I mean, and, and you, but you have to stay until you learn something new. I know. So some days could be really long. That's fair. I try to learn something new every day. I do. Every time you bring your child up here, I learn something new. Well, it's different. He's got a lot of information in that he brain of his. How old? He's 10. He's 10, but he's very smart. He's smart. He's yeah. very interested in a lot of things, and he likes to share all of that with you. Yeah. So, That's good. Yes. Well, I'm chock full of useless information. That's where he gets it from. <laughs> yeah, but his useless information is a lot more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy my conversations with him. I can teach you how to. Uh, yeah, you're good. I'll make pass. Make your vehicle run off vegetable oil. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And then give off the smell of French fries. Yeah. But it's still cheaper than gas. So why wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, on that note. All right. Bye. We're done. We're done. Thanks for joining us this week on Espresso Shot. Make sure to visit our website, apcc.tamu.edu, where you can subscribe to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an exciting show. While you're at it, if you enjoy the show, leave a review or comment, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Or if you're interested in being a guest, email us at apcc.tamu.edu. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.